This episode is brought to you in part by TSMA Consulting, the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. You've heard on the podcast from the top people in entertainment how vital a well-curated social media presence can be for your career. Dropping Character is proud to be partnering with TSMA Consulting, a globally recognized social media firm that can help you make sure your social media represents the quality of your work. I've worked with them personally, and man, did I learn a lot. If you do sign up, make sure you tell them Robbie sent you. All right, let's get on with the show. This is Robbie Ramos, and you're listening to Dropping Character. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. Dude, bro, I wanted to get you back in, dog, because last time we went through the career, we got into all the way, like, how you started your acting class shit where you almost died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all yeah, the yeah. actors had breakthroughs and shit. Some people owe me their career. <laughs> <laughs> but now, what I, what I want to get into is, uh, is your business mentality, bro. All right, let's and talk really, about it. Really double down on that this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things you've said before, bro, that I don't think we said last time was treating your your acting career like a small business. Yeah. How yeah. do you do that? Um, it's uh it's as simple as it's simple as that, and let's just break it down. When you have a career, you usually start a job and you get a week and then you get a check in about a week or two. When you start a business, you invest. You don't get a check at the end of the week. You got to pour money into it. You're going to be in the red for years. So that's the difference uh, in mentality. So a lot of actors um, get into it and think it's going to happen tomorrow. They're thinking they get that that payoff, that two week check in two weeks, and it's like, no, you got to pour into this game. You got to you got to invest in yourself, the time, the energy, the experience. Um, to learn how to move your product. And social media is taking it to a whole nother level. Um, but the concept is still the same, being that in a small business, you need a team. And as an actor, you're the CEO. Your agents, that's the sales team. That's people that go and look for people that are interested in what you're selling. You as an actor, they get you audition. That's your sales team. Your PR, that's your marketing team. Your legal, that's your lawyer. So these are all, all elements of a of what a small business needs to actually function. So as an actor, that's how you must set yourself up. And a lot of times people flip-flop the positions as far as the agents become the CEO. It was like, wait, 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 wait. That's just your sales team. You, they don't run the company. They don't create the vision. They don't. They don't even know the whole vision. But a lot of times, uh, people get, hand their hand their business over to their sales team. And sometimes that's okay if you got an amazing agent. Man, send me their name. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But just the idea of someone knowing exactly what you want for your career and it's going to work harder than you for your own career. Yeah. There's no one out there that's going to do that. So you should be the CEO of your career. And I believe if in 
in an efficient way, I'm able to tell people exactly what I am, what the products, I deliver the videos, I deliver the marketing materials, I deliver everything. And so that makes your job easier because you know exactly what you're saying. So you need to, you know who to go sell it to. So for me, when I, I, I think what I've done and, and have uh, assisted with all the agents that I've had in my career is that um, I've given them, I made it easier for them because I had everything for them. And now it's like, oh, I can just deliver. They didn't have to ask me, hey, you got, you got new headshots. Like all of this stuff was already planned out. There's a, there's a business plan. I wrote a business plan for my career, you know, that I've had to follow. So um, I know this to be true. I spent the first 10 years of my career just, um, you know, on the hamster wheel, running in place. Just, I would get some co-stars. I would get like a line here, a line there, but nothing, nowhere near scratching that series record. Nowhere near scratching the the actual role of, um, I guess, with a, a efficient screen time. Like, yeah, I was in Die Hard. I died before the, the the credits came up, man. Like I died hard, bro. Like they blew my house up. <laughs> they blew it up, man. I was. <laughs> died I died hard, bro. And and, it, and the cold part about that is that the premiere. I was impressed for two hours. I'm going. The red carpet was two blocks and a half. I mean, right. it was work. I came in the theater sweating. Man, I saw the editor. I found off this. I don't know if he was fucking with me, <laughs> but. He was like, man, I've been staring at your face for months. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm, I'm like, in oh, this shit. I'm in this. I'm like, I'm memorable? Oh, okay. Man, I sat in that chair. The, the, dark, the, the lights went dark. Man, I think a light was still on and I was still dead. Like, the, it was like, it was the, every, it, the, the, the movie, the, the Fox, the whatever, I feel was it Fox, I think? That, that comes on. <laughs> I come up. The dude asked me, hey, did you touch my computer? I said, nah, I didn't touch your computer. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Explode. <laughs> Next thing you know, fade in. Live free or die hard. I'm like, oh. Like, I'm like, yo, I just went two and a half hours. I'm in the did movie. you leave the theater? You're like, yo, I'm out this shit. You stayed through the whole Man, you know how awkward it was? Like, you know how awkward it been? And like, I mean, but at the end of the day, they wouldn't give a, they wouldn't give a fuck about me. I wasn't in the movie that much. They were like, who was that? They wouldn't have recognized me. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I had to really, I had to really, um, and that was Die Hard? That was Die Hard. That was Die Hard. And I had to change my mindset as far as, Putting together, putting putting together a business plan, um, because I was just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it stick. Where I had to become, what is my brand? What am I selling? So that's the second part of it. So now that you know the business structure of it all, the second part is, what are you selling? Every business has a product, and you have to, in order to uh, gain the audience or the demographic that you're, you know, trying to reach. If you're selling soda, you're not going to be at the end of a marathon. Give me the water. I need the water. I need the healthy. Give me the healthy the drink, the healthy drink. So mm -hmm. that segues into just identifying who you are and then creating the proper marketing materials. Like I always use Coca-Cola. I had a short stint where I was sponsored by Coca-Cola and I got to pick some of the marketing brands and, and just understand the difference between 
the beverages. There's Coca-Cola. There's there's you 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 know what when you think when you think of Coca-Cola, you think of um, red and white. You think of white polar bears. You think of the you know uh, American Pie. You think of Pepsi. You think of Blue. You think of Blue auto automatically. I remember they was talking about if you came into Coca-Cola with Pepsi Blue on, you fired. It's real gangbang shit going on. It's real gangbang <laughs> shit going on. Between Pepsi, like you can't wear the, their colors in their corporate offices. You can't wear for blue real? for real. For real, come pull up the pep. Pull up the Pepsi. It's a red. Watch how you get exiled. <laughs> you know, so like pull up the Pepsi. I don't know if that's changed now. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But back when they were, they was like, no, nah, it's for real. Like somebody had ex- like executives who get fired. Like you, you supposed to know this. Wow, gang gang. So you got Pepsi. Then you got Mountain Dew. You think of green, yellow, bright colors. Think about the commercial. Pepsi is the new generation, so that's usually got hip hop, R and B artists, and all that. Mm. Mountain Dew, extreme people jumping off of mountains, flipping off of snowboards on fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, as an actor, who are you? What are you? Are you Coca Cola? Are you Pepsi? Are you Mountain Dew? Because your marketing material must say that in order to get the roles and get the attention or get the things. When I'm looking for someone, in, uh, I'm looking for something extreme, I'm not going to go get a Coca-Cola. Because this person is telling me they're extreme. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, my most dominant thought about them is that they're extreme. So I know what I'm looking for. So it's like, for me, it's, my, my brand is Funny Tough Guy. That's pretty much all the roles that I like to play now but wait how'd you get to that did you did you figure that out right away or did you notice that you had been like in those first 10 years where you said you were doing uh co-stars and you were kind of running an answer did you think you were something other than that or you weren't even thinking about i wasn't thinking no the beauty of it is you could be whatever you want that's the beauty Mm -hmm. of it so you create yourself that's the beauty like Cause I could change my mind, like just because I want to be Mountain Dew today, don't mean I want I could I can't be Coca Cola in ten years. Like, do you understand how rebrand? Like, how many people rebrand themselves? That's how you stay. That's how you stay in the business. That's true. Because you and people are constantly evolving, so people taste constantly evolve. So you have to evolve with them. Like I've evolved throughout my this twenty year career. Mm -hmm. I'm not the same that I was when I first started, and I was I think nineteen. I've evolved. I've had to in order to maintain, be to still be in this business. And whether from I went from the obvious of a uh, trouble teen roles I used to play when I was younger to now I'm playing fa- a father. I'm playing a father on TV. What? Like I used to be the kid. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the evolution. So you got to constantly evolve. Um, so, so yeah, that's the beauty of it is that you can actually pick what you want and i've just decided that's why i've bulked up i've changed my physique i've you know uh changed my market all of these things are to say hey i'm this is i this is what i am come rock with me this is the things that i'm doing because the thing is when people get the question i always get asked after i say things like that is like oh what about typecast and i'm like well for one any of your favorite actors are um have a brand have a common denominator you know let's say will smith um all of his films he's the superhero pretty much he saves the day Mm -hmm. he overcomes the impossible that's the better way to say it independence day men in black 
Seven pounds. Pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Yeah. You, you dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So those are all different roles, but he's still giving you the same product. He's still giving mm. you Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. I'm putting cherry on that thing. I'm giving you, you know, root. Like I, I'm giving you Coke Zero. Like he's giving you all the flavors. Mm-hmm. But it's still cool. Yeah. It's still the common denominator because his audience, because that's his demographic. You know, Johnny Depp, he's our, the most box office um, character actor. Like his movies, you want to see him in as Jack Sparrow. You want to see him as Edward Scissorhand. When he does a movie that's kind of like, like he's just the regular guy. It's not as popular as those other yeah, ones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not to say you can't do those things. They say, again, just understanding the business. Like, oh, I know. And it's then at, at that point, it's like, okay, now I got to reshape, you know, redesign my marketing material. If I mm-hmm. want to go in that direction in my career, now I got to re, 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 you know, rebrand myself. Yeah. So we've all heard these terms in the business, but never really kind of really dissect our own career. But like, no, I am a business. So that's right. what I, that's what I preach. There's a lot of most of the actors that talk about that shit of typecasting aren't working. <laughs> you uh, uh, call them out then, bro. That's some real <laughs> shit, though. But, but tell me that's not true. Talk, talk that talk. Hey, <laughs> hey. That's, I, 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 I always say this. I always say this when I say, "If you good, you ain't got to worry about typecasting." Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you good, you ain't got to worry about that. Uh, I, yeah, that's true. That's prom. That's a promise. If you good, you don't have to worry about that. That's and true. those and that's just. Those are for the, the the master actors. Those are the actors that really care. That doesn't mean this is a business. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really care to be successful in this. So that's where it's like I, I'm, I, you know, in discussions with people that you know like that. It's like, all right, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna, you don't love the game like me. So it's you mm-hmm. know, it's cool, it's cool. Like I'm obsessed with this shit. Like I'm obsessed. Like I, I think about acting every every day of the. Every second of the day, rather. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it's when look, like this is a question I have for you. Is like the yeah. Kobe mentality, right? Yeah. So we know how we apply, or we know how he applied that to to basketball, right? You listen to his interviews. Dude's in there at 3 a.m., mm-hmm. 4 a.m. He's shooting hoops. Mm-hmm. He's studying the game. He's watching tape. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we apply that same mentality to acting? How do you do it? Um, like I said, now that I know what I am mm-hmm. and what I'm trying, the product you, that I'm You selling, branded yourself, right? I branded Funny Tough Guy. So that incorporates training, of course, lifting weights and training every day. That's a part of uh, me working and uh, working on my, my business. Um, and then on the acting side is I am a, I study human behavior. Um, I love watching people move. I love watching and and trying to fulfill the whys of why they do things, why they wear this, where they and then understand, oh, that's a great, these are great um mannerisms. I can I just watch people. I add you to steal. The, yeah. Oh yeah, I add to the bag. I add to the bag. I like to watch real people. I don't really watch a lot of television or movies anymore. Like I I'm outside. Like I like to watch people interact. And then see and see these different could be because our real life is so much more as a wider imagination than what we see sometimes. Like real life, you be meeting some of the most strange people from different walks of life. I'm like, what? I never even thought about nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. Like what? Like so, 
I I love you know meeting people and 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 being involved with different cultures. So with that being said, like every day is a um a day to learn one more thing about myself. That's a master's mentality. So I've just voted all of these things that I've I've felt organically, whether it be emotional stuff, um, funny stuff, anger stuff. I have to understand it though. So when it happens, I'm like, I'll sit. If something happens that bothers me, makes me happy, I may think about it for two hours. And like, why? Because I want to understand me. Um, That is my biggest um, tool or asset to my acting is knowing myself to the, to the, to the, Man, to the molecule. That is how I, I'm obsessed. And that's the Kobe mentality. Like every day I'm watching. If my hand itches at three o'clock, I'm like, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> for real. Like for real. You've seen me obsess about on set, be like, I didn't like how I set this line and it bothers me for two hours. Cause I'm thinking, why did it happen? Like, why did why wasn't I able to deliver this the, the way I usually can deliver lines? So it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. So I'm in constant pursuit of correction. You know what I'm saying? So that is, I feel, the more you understand about yourself because you are your best case study. Now, I can go and watch people make guesses all day of who they are, why they wear that, or who they, it could be all, it could be the, the crazy shit. I could be totally wrong. But with me, my number one rule is never lie to myself. In doing that, I learn everything about me. So if there's an emotional need for my character, I'm able to have it. Like, I just want to add more to the bag. Like this is, we've talked about it. I I look at acting like a sport. Like this is bad. I look, when I see a dope scene, it's like, it's like seeing somebody get dust. Like Jordan from the free throw line with the gold chain. Ah, like that's how I see a dope. Somebody killing some act. I'm like, Ooh, like that's yeah. how I love it. So that's how I approach it. And that's, how I want to be an all-around player. I want to have all these things in my bag. I want to be able to do this. I want it. So if I ain't got, so I and then I look at myself like, oh, okay, I need to work on my left, or I need to work on this. I need to work on my three. Oh, the game is changing. I can constantly evolve with the game. All right, I need to work on my defense. Like all of these things, mm-hmm. I'm studying myself, watching my own, watching my own tape of myself. So when it's game time, I'm able to have these emotional, these emotions available. Beautiful, Kim Kim. Got your little babies in the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my baby. <clears throat> Good girl. That's it. Good girl. Yeah. When you talk about getting to know yourself and, and that kind of shit, did, have you ever dealt with, like, mental health struggles in terms of, like... Because uh, yeah. navigating this business, bro, is a motherfucker. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely dealt with depression. Definitely. I spent two years in depression. Um, When I was dealing with depression season one. Really? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was, de- I was dealing with it. I was coming out of it though. Mm. I was coming. You caught me right when, uh, like at the, the start of, was it 2021? I believe is when I came out of it. What helped you come, come out of it? Well, I, it's well, what helped me come out of it is just a different un- understanding of, um, human, human beings. Um, that's what, what really helped me come out of it. Cause it was a lot of things. It was family. It was career. It was finances. It was, I got hit. Oh, I got jumped. 
I got jumped by life. I got my ass beat by life. Like, well, well, well we were also in the pandemic, and right? we thought, well, yeah, my 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 pandemic started a year before. Like my when my when my world started coming crashing down was a year before the pandemic. Really, I was actually a little better during the pandemic. Word? Yeah, I was I, the year before. I was I was like, yo, like I had. <laughs> all right, we gonna go there. All right, so I had a uh, when I left the last OG, I had just bought a new crib. Just bought a new crib. I'm talking about you know me and Dollar Train. You know what I mean? Oh, I ran shit. To it, you know. I, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't a million dollars though. Let me just say that. But it was it wasn't a million dollars, but it was the check was it, it was a big ticket. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm about to I got my next season coming up. You know, I took the game, went through 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 like all my little savings in it. I'm about to start the season in February. That's where I fucked up. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That's why I fucked up. I threw all everything in there, bang. Oh in the crib. So I'm like, oh, oh I'm about to get my money again. I'm about to re-up. We'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, about, I'm about to make like a half a million dollars. I'll be good. Uh-huh. Man, I didn't go back to the last OG. Um so wait, you you what happened with last OG? You just I, listen, I it, with last OG, um, I I had to leave. They were they were going in a different direction. But you had a contract. Yeah, yeah. They didn't re, they basically wanted to pay me less. Oh. And involve me less in the stories. And I was like, well. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't okay with that. I just wasn't okay with that. Um, I put a lot into the show and um, I was just like, nah, I'll just, I'll go get another show. I'll go get another show. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that takes time. That takes time. But I end up getting a movie and, you know, yeah, having a fight, you know, I, I was in the red a little bit cause I went that whole, cause this whole thing was, I was supposed to start filming in February mm-hmm. and we didn't get like done with the like this whole negotiation with the contract to like July. Oh. I had enough. I had enough money to get me to February. Oh my god! So I'm out here hustling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, credit card to well, you know credit, the whole yeah. credit card to money coming in. Let the money come in. Let the credit card go go blow all blow that thing all the way up. Oh yeah. Fuck, dude. So I got a movie and it was uh, I got moved for like six figures and it kind of helped me get back. Right, um, but so you had the career stuff going on. Yeah, so I had the career shit, but and then my career never let me down. So that was a major one. Uh, I had stuff with my family. I, I'm not gonna go into that. Yeah. Um, and like I said, my finances. Like I've never been bad with money. I've I've always been good with money. I never, never. I've always, even in in my poor states, I've always had money. That's just how I roll. Mm-hmm. This was the first time I made a mistake like that. So I, you know, I was manned up. I, I manned up and put, you know, um, buckled up and had to had to put my head down and just get to work. You know what I'm saying? And dig myself out of this hole I did. So in all of that, that's what threw me into depression. Um, and that movie that I went to go do, it was in Spain and it, it changed my life uh, because I had got the detox from everything from from America. From my family, from all of these American problems that I had here that I felt was the end of the world. Um, and I had to literally go learn how to live in another culture. I didn't know the language, any of that. So all of my old routine, all of all of who I was, I couldn't bring there. Couldn't bring none of my routines. And people wonder. A prior, well, maybe people wonder why I was curious why I began running marathons because that was that was um, for my depression. 
because I ran a marathon the year before my depression hit and it was the toughest thing that I ever did in my life. I've never been, I never wanted to quit anything in my life. Never, nothing has ever pushed me. I'm, I, I'm, I feel invincible. You know what I'm saying? I really do. And nothing has ever made me say, give in like whatever, whatever the things when you, when you give in or give up rather, um, I give, I ain't give a fuck what it was. I'm a, I'm a get over it. I'm a get through it and it's going to get done. Man, Mal 22 hit. I was thinking about leaving the country, starting a whole new life. Cause I couldn't face the people at the end of the line that I didn't do something that I didn't, I said I was going to do. That's how much my word means to me. How, ma how many miles is it? 26.2. So you had four miles left. So basically my knee went out mile 12. Oh. My back went out mile 20. Then my foot went out mile 22. And I'm like, yo, this, I'm, yo, I'm telling you, like, I wanted to quit. And I, I never wanted, I, nothing is ever, I've been hit by cars. I've had severe back surgery. Like, I've been through some shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But this marathon is kicking my ass. You were on some David Goggins. Man. Shit. You know David Goggins? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I was on that. So when I crossed the line, finished the line, it was one of the greatest feelings I ever felt in my life. Um, come to find out, like the next day, two days later, I found out my foot, I broke my foot. So I ran the last four miles on a broke foot. Um, so when I got to Spain, I, I wrote. <laughs> I wrote a piece of paper. I wrote. A, I got a piece of paper and I, wrote, I just put a line down the middle of it. And I, I said, uh, I said, I wrote down a list. What do I do for me? And then what do I do for others? And I like filled up the page basically with others. And I looked at me and it was basketball. That's it. I had really shaped my life where I was doing everything for others. And it was disguised as things that I were doing for myself. Where it was like, no, what is what is what are things that you do just for you that don't affect nobody else, that don't nobody benefit off of? Wow. Really break that down. And that list be and sometimes that list be short as fuck. And that's where people short be fucked as up. Fuck, dude. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. I was like, and since that moment, I was like, I have to dedicate and put that much energy into myself. And that's when I decided I, to run four marathons in five months. I trained in Spain for three and a half months in 90 to 102 degree weather, uh, doing 100 miles a month while shooting a movie. That was to keep my mind balanced because I was so fucked up that I needed something consistent to get me like, I got to wake up tomorrow to do this. Because the work wasn't cutting it. Nah, the work wasn't. Nah, the work wasn't cutting it. The work wasn't cutting it. Cutting it because uh, that's not consistent. I'm not acting every day. Right. I'm not acting every day, and also some of the scenes don't require my full. Like it, yes. it's like it's lighter work. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. You're not doing death of a salesman. Yeah, like if it's if I'm if it's some crazy yeah, like oh yeah. I'm locked in yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't I feel, that. I feel, it I wasn't feel. that type of project. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, I needed the running, and what that did. While being in another country, I didn't can like rely on old friends. I got, I had to go like, go out and live. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to leave the house, because I could just stay in the house and just been in this. 
But I, I had to go, and then just you out there on your own. And it's like, the question hits you, what do you want to do? And I was the first time I was able to answer that question. Because I've always had all of my time, whether it wasn't work, it was dedicated to family. I was All, all my time was already, I had no time for me. So it was the moment where I was like, oh, let's do stuff. So I traveled the world. I went to Paris. Man, had an amazing weekend. I had a ro- love romance in, 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 in Paris, man. Like like a real movie. Like a movie met romance. A, met, a, met, a, met a beautiful lady there. Um, and we was in love for the weekend. <laughs> we was in love for the weekend. You know what I mean? You making out on top of the Eiffel Tower, bro. talking French and shit. Yeah, she's teaching me French and shit. Like... I got to live, bro. Like, what? I lived a movie. Like, you hear about Paris, you think, oh, it's the city of love. You damn right it is. Yeah. <laughs> you damn right it is. You, damn... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I got yeah. to, I went to Italy, went to see um, the Rialto Bridge. That's my hometown, Rialto. That's where it all kind of started. I had to go there. Um, and yeah, I went to Barcelona. But it was just the whole, that experience. So I came back home better but not fully fully healed yet i still had to go run the marathons like i still had to go do what i said i was gonna do right you had been training though throughout I've training. that whole i've been training and i'm gonna I'm a bust you down like this so because it's gonna bring it all full circle so i'm going through depression finances drying the fuck up like they, they may have to fucking lean on my shit you ever you ever felt when somebody come and go tell you they gonna come get your house like what? Like wait, like nah, nah. It's like okay, it's one thing. Like oh, they about to come get my car. They go bring yeah, yeah. the tow yard and roll this motherfucker out. No, they talking about they gonna come get my shit, right? My house, your house. Shit was real. So, <laughs> so I'm still I'm running these marathons. Mm-hmm. And um, a week, and 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 the thing is, like when I got to Spain, I have to say this: God told me to run. God told me to get stronger. And that goes into the brand of Funny Tough Guy. That's all of that guy told me to do that. And uh, after my fifth marathon, I booked heels a week later. And then I was back good. Like, like God sent me on that journey to meet up with that blessing. Because I wouldn't have been ready for this show. This wasn't my build. I wasn't working out like that. I, I I wasn't Rooster. God told me to become Rooster before Rooster even came. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was, that's the moving shit about all of this shit. So sometimes for people that's going through depression, like it's, it's it may seem dark. You may be living in madness. Um, but if you are conscious and you are, um, again, adding to, what are you doing for you? And be selfish as fuck about it. You'll get you'll get your way out of it because that you you gotta just love you more. That's what you're. It's, it ain't about everybody else. You missing anybody else's love? Nah, that depression is good. You 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 just gotta love yourself more. Right. And that's what got me through it. And all of these leading up to heels, me booking heels, that getting my stuff, and then me falling in love with painting. You know, um, it taught me a lot about patience. It taught me a lot about um, allowing my emotions and just to be still. I'm a person that's always moving. I have to move. I'm a fish. I have to be doing something. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so painting allows me to sit still and let my mind meditate. Where running, I'm not sitting still, but in a marathon, that is the longest I could probably meditate. Um, po- that's the longest possible way for me to meditate right. for four hours because there's no, all the lanes, the roads are blocked off, so I don't have to worry about no cars. Mm-hmm. So on a regular run, I can't meditate like that because I got to worry about people and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. But a marathon, I ain't got to worry about nothing. So my mind gets to meditate, gets to think. Yeah. My body's on automatic. So when it comes to painting, it's, I can, my body gets to sit still and my mind gets to meditate. And that's where I like, that's where I find my peace. Yeah. yeah. The thing about heels, man, and, and what you were saying about booking heels and it being kind of like this salvation for you when you were in this, yeah, yeah. in this hole. Um, I know just from speaking to you, that also didn't just happen out of nowhere, right? It's not like you're there like, yo, come, come out. No. You had, you had laid that foundation. No. You had planted those seeds way in advance. I marketed that I was extreme. You marketed it. <laughs> that I was extreme. And then also, and this is another part of okay. the thing I want to okay. bring into it, okay. relationships. Yeah, yeah. Right? So within your career, yeah, on one end, you're marketing yourself. You're you're making sure your talent is right. Because if your talent ain't right, it doesn't matter what relationships you have. Mm-hmm. You might get one job, mm-hmm. but you ain't working after that, right? Mm-hmm. So- there's the branding side of your shit. There's the talent side of your shit. There's the side of you getting yourself together as a human being. And then there's the relationship side. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't had that relationship with Michael Malley, you still might be on the show, mm-hmm. but that relationship is is big, dude. Well, that's, I'll say this. It's, um, it's important in life. Like, people, you hear the term, it takes a village to raise a child, right? Nah, fuck that. It takes a village to raise a human being. And relationships matter in your personal life as well in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and relationships are built off of reputation, your work ethic. Yeah. Um, and the idea of when you're producing a project, this is a million dollar, multi-million dollar gamble. And every piece you want to trust. So oftentimes people trust who they work with. And also, as we both know, in a, in a grueling five-month filming schedule, you want the best people around you because it gets tough. So that's the reputation and the work ethic that I've built throughout my career while using my business perspective where when these and, and I always again look at auditions like big companies investing in you like Coca-Cola acquiring Smartwater that's what that is it's this big billion dollar studio saying we're giving we're investing in you 40 million, whereas you not getting that 40 million check, but the movie that you're a part of, they're investing in this product mm-hmm. and you are part of your, your boat, your, your gear in this process. That's still a gamble. I'm gambling 40, 50, hundred million dollars. It's important that I can trust every piece in it. So yeah, those relationships and that experience is vital. Um, 
to an actor uh, again um, garnering more uh, respect for their business. Dude, the way you put that reputation and work ethic is what leads to the relationships. That is so big, bro. Appreciate it. Because there's not enough people talking about that where it's not about kissing ass. It definitely is not about kissing ass. Yeah. Although there are people that fucking get ahead that way, but it doesn't, there's no foundation in that. But work ethic and, and reputation are two things that are tangible and that you can work on like yourself. You know what I mean? It, it, it's 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 all of that. I'm a bit, I'm awkward. I'm a weird dude, man. Like, I, that's why I'm always by myself. Like, I don't, like... I'm, Bro, you say that, but I don't think the world looks at you like that. that you I'm, might feel that no, way. No, 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 no. What I mean is that when when I'm I'm around, I could be the, the biggest person in the room. I could be... Yeah. The, what I'm saying is that I just think all day. Like, I just think, and I'm a bit awkward sometimes when I mean that... Um, My reputation and work ethic is usually what I know I can connect with people with more mainly before before me. I'm like I said, I I I'm a I do crazy shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a, I got a weird way of looking at life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like 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 you know what I mean? So I'm not expecting everybody to be on that same wave. You know what I mean? I ain't expecting everybody to be on that same wave. You know what I uh-huh. mean? So when it comes to business, I could be like I I can know not what to say sometimes, you know. So my work ethic and reputation as a business has always been how I've always been able to maintain my relationship with people in the business and also separate me, separate business and work. I love that, bro. How do you find mentors? Oh, I think they find you. Okay. I think I, they find you. So the, the mentor finds you. So you don't want to approach the mentor. No, 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 no. I think... I, I I think you can, but that doesn't, that's not how you get a mentor. Mm-hmm. You can ask anybody to be a mentor, but a mentor has to be like, I want to teach you. I want to care enough to give you the information that I have because I think it's beneficial to you. And I think that you have to, people there, your mentor finds you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, well, well, so then when, oh, go ahead, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was saying, because my first mentor, uh, Michael Kane. Uh, found me at 17. Michael Caine, not the actor. Yeah, not the actor, but the writer. He wrote all the right moves for Tom Cruise. Right. And uh, so did I mention this last time? I mentioned it A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so he was the first. He came up to me and said, hey, I think you'll be a great writer. You you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. he found me, some crazy seven-year-old kid from Rialto. was like, you'll be dope writing. And I told him straight to face. I was like, I hate fucking English. You know what I'm saying? So... You gotta find, you know what I mean? They find you in a way, but then how do you cultivate that relationship, right? How do you, because once you realize like, oh, this is somebody who's trying to teach me something, I think some people are blocked off to that, whether it be some childhood shit, whatever the fuck it is, but somebody's showing some interest in you. How do you cultivate that relationship? Work ethic and reputation. Work ethic and reputation. Because if I'm, he's mentoring me for something. He may, whether it's life, whether it's this business, yeah. whether it's something, it's my job to prove to him. Like Mike giving me a shot as a writer, it is a chip on my shoulder to prove to people that he made the right decision by giving me that opportunity. Right. It's a right. chip on my shoulder. 
It's a chip. When I when I when I'm winning the when I'm winning awards and I'm doing, a, I want to be Mike the one that put me on. O'Malley, Mike O'Malley, and I, it's it's a thing of I want to be able to as a, as is his, I want to make him proud. You were on that show as an actor first, and then he brought you in, or mm-hmm. you okay? So you meet him as an actor, mm-hmm. and then what happens? You tell him, Mike, I want to be in the writers room, or no. does he tell you you got it? He sees the way you. No, what, no, no. What happened? No. So, uh, so I, we do. I do the um, survivors, remorse. survivors remorse, and I do two guest stars. And our chemistry, me and Mike's chemistry, is is, is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. We do. I do a scene, and he's throwing lines from off the camera, and I'm grabbing him. I'm t- it's again. It's back to sports. Like he throwing lobs. I'm winning him. Ah, we just, It's a show. Like he just throwing out. Yeah, I'm slam dunk everything. So we're leaving to go to our next scene, the next location, and we're in a van, and he wants me to sit next to him on the van. He's like, hey, he rewrites the next scene, which was probably like a two-eighths of a page. It was about two pages, two and a half maybe. He rewrote the whole scene because he saw, I literally, I, I saw him seeing my potential. Again, back to the mentor. I saw him seeing my potential for him to even do that. He does that. I learned a new scene, you know, while they're doing lighting. So that's already, he writes a new scene. I learned it. And we we rock. Same thing. Slam dunks. All day. Crazy. All the ad-lib throwing, ad-lib throwing. We, we, just, we just bouncing back and forth. It's a good fucking time. Um, I get called back for another another uh, episode. Kill that. Kill that scene. Same thing. Um, I'm in a uh, table read for Blackish. I'm in a table read for Blackish, and uh, <laughs> and my phone is out for some reason. My phone is never really out for table reads. I'm usually locked in, and you know, um, and I get a text from Mike. And needless to say, in between this, I definitely was in his face. I was at every event. I was at every okay. SR event. That's what I, I was. Mean. Every like I was, I was, I was. I, that's when the everywhere began. Wait, you're at every what event? Every Survivor's Remorse oh, event, Survivor's Remorse. I was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't miss a promo because that was also an opportunity for me to share all the things that I was... Work ethic. Okay. Because I every time I seen them, I was like, oh, I'm booked this. Uh-huh. I booked this. Uh-huh. I'm doing this. Every time I told them about all these new... Everything. Yeah. My work ethic. Yeah. Kept, like... And my reputation. Yeah. I'm booking. I'm booking this. I just do... I got this movie coming out. I got this, this, this. So, in between that, um, I'm doing all every time I see him, we're doing we have we having conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the table read. I get a text from my like, uh, you want to write? That's it. That's the text. That's the text. That's Mike you, as fuck. That's that Mike t- as fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's Mike yeah, as fuck. Yeah. You want to write? I'm like, um, for what? He he responds back with the letters S R. Oh my god! So Mike, bro. right? Yes. And I, I reply back, fuck yeah. He said, stars will be reaching out to you in the next couple of weeks. Amazing. So he took a gamble on me. Like, uh-huh. I, don't think, I don't even think the motherfucker knew I could write. I don't even, I don't even know if he knew my history of me having... I wasn't sure, yeah. Me having experience, me having a mentor. Me, I don't even need... I, I've never really even asked him if he knew that before. Mm-hmm. But in, in... That's, again, that's the chip. He gave me a shot. He saw something in me. 
So I came and I showed up the first season. I took less money uh, to be in the writer's room, uh, to also, you know, get my WGA, all of that, get my weeks in, all of that. Love you. Oh, Beautiful. shit. Beautiful. You got the dogs, dude. Uh-oh. Somebody at the front. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. I don't think nobody. Okay. All right, we're back on, dude. Uh, before that, so before Mike asks you that, though, have you been in writers' rooms before that? No. So this is your first writers' room. Yeah. How do you prepare for that? You don't. You didn't? nobody nobody gave. No, I mean, I, I mean, for me, I didn't. I just was. Just showed up. I was ready for whatever, bro. Like, like, like I, was, I was ready for whatever, bro. Like, I just go keep it. I was just keeping a buck. Cause I would ask people, and nobody gave me no real like advice. Game, like yeah. I guess I, I was asking the wrong people, more or less. I okay. guess. So then, I'm like, cause I'm like, yeah, I ask some people. They like, yo, just throw ideas out. It, I, it wasn't what even like fuck? that. I can't even remember <laughs> what they said because it was just like, get, you, get you in your car me, and like, fucking you drive to the. <laughs> Like, I'm in the same spot. Like, I went for advice. It left empty. What? Like, so, so yeah. Like, I just, I went in just ready for whatever. Now, in between my my writing mentor, uh, MK, which is who I met at 17, I may have written maybe 10 or 12 shorts mm-hmm. and re- directed maybe nine of them produced like i was writing i was i was creating things i was creating yeah. uh series i had, had a, my own everybody digital network like i was building a whole platform in you know while in pursuit of let's just say this opportunity right right so it wasn't just like like i didn't have no writing experience you had experience you just had i didn't know what a writer's, writer's room, room consist of I've well, always written by myself. Right. So you know what, what is what is your advice then for somebody who's going into a writer's room for the first Man, time? Man, I ain't telling y'all shit. You're like, fuck all these things. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Show up. Fuck <laughs> that. Show up. You better show up and show out. You know what I'm talking about? You better show the fuck up. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Bro, that is people, some people's mentality. Nah, you gotta, be, you gotta be ready to be, you are called in there for your opinion. <laughs> You're called in there for your opinion, okay. your expertise, your perspective more than anything. Mm. Because you don't want 12 people in a writer's room that think the same. You want people from different walks of life that like different things, that understand or see things from a different perspective. So you can try to make your script as bulletproof as possible so there's no holes. And we're not missing or being insensitive to anybody. Or we are being like we're like if we're if we're gonna do if it's a joke or like we're gonna like if something like that we want to make intentionally sure intentional yeah. you know what I'm saying so there's no mistakes nothing there's no surprises so you want different personalities that help you know prevent that agents and managers come on you talked about marketing you said that's your marketing team right mm-hmm. so as an actor and you touched on it a little bit but if you could dive a little deeper of how do you approach that marketing team then? One thing is you, you mentioned you have your brand. Mm-hmm. You show up fucking ready. You're like, yo, mm-hmm. this is how I want you to market me. 
You leave nothing to the imagination. No, no, I, had a, I did a 20, uh, tw- no, I did like a 30 minute PowerPoint when I went, right. when I signed to see it. Which I, I've been asking for that PowerPoint. Oh, I, I forgot. Like, I keep forgetting, this guy, bro. No, I'm, not, I'm not showing him the code. I keep bro. forgetting. I keep, <laughs> I got to send it to you, man. <laughs> I keep, keep forgetting. <laughs> I got the whole, I got a magazine. This thing was, well, I'll tell I tell you about that thing was laid out, bro. Like know, that thing was laid know, out. Memory card. I know. Scripts on there, everything locked. But in. but so then once you get the agents, uh, skip over that part just yeah, because yeah. I think we we touched on yeah, that yeah, in that first did. one, we so did. you guys we can did. go back and listen. But once you get through that part, you have them as your agents. Now, how do you keep? How how do you make sure that they're doing their job from month to month? Uh, you know what? This is probably when I I've done I did this with every agency except my last, um, and I think that may be where some of the miscommunication or misunderstandings probably had. Like when I had my agents starting out, I would go to, I would take them to lunch every month because the thing is, is that when you the idea of this, this thing, CEO being above everybody, that's bullshit. Like it's a team. Everybody is important. Like everybody, if everybody is at its, at its highest efficient form, if everybody's, we're all number ones. Now that we got that, now we now we got now that we get over that, like I need you to work like a number one. Yeah. I need you to work like like you know what I'm saying? Like so just Yeah, but taking them out to dinner though. Taking lunch every I would take a lunch every right. every 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 month. And I would just ha- because the thing is is that it's one thing for you to to like me. It's another thing for you to actually care for me. Mm-hmm. And then not to see me as just another a client, but actually as a person. And I think that's where I messed up with my last agent. Where moving forward, that's what I want to do. Like it's about we're really trying to we're really trying to build we're trying to build this business. We're really trying to we're trying to make money here. We're trying to make millions. Right. We're not doing this for short game. We're not doing this to just be cool. We're trying to get that twenty million dollar contract. That's the goal. Right. So, so you- everybody got to be on that same page, though. Everybody got to. It's just like. Like I watch nothing but debate shows and all the sports stuff, and it's bigger than basketball, which is my first love. It's about how a team is built and how you get them to a championship. I think that is the idea of show running. That is the idea of creating a show. It's building a team, building a cast, and getting to the championship, which is end of the season, a la awards, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, once you complete your season, now the po- the award season is like postseason. The award seems like a postseason. It's the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? And whoever gets the award, that's the that's the championship ring. You dig? So uh that's how I why I study basketball and also uh how I apply it to, you know, how you build uh your business. And it's important to have genuine rela- that camaraderie amongst your team. So that is that would be my biggest advice is this whoever agent you have, just come just become become a person to them. You know? Um even for, for the agents and the managers, I feel like that's a, such a different approach than oh, I'm gonna call them every week and make sure that they are finding the right projects for me. It's like, no, no, no. If you're the CEO of your company, exactly, you take these people out. You and get to know them. Let as me human take beings. care of my. Let me take care of my team. Yeah, like that's how I see it. Like yeah. I, I got into full debates with agents. They were like, we, I, they, we don't like what you call a sales team. I'm like, that, that's the problem, <laughs> man. Like, that's the problem. Like, I'm not. It's not. I'm not trying to demean you guys. No. I'm just saying that I'm as in me building 
a like I engineer life. Like I'm just trying to get this machine working at its most efficient. And that that is your job. I want to be able to help your job out. Like I just want to get you out. I just want you on the phones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just want you on the phones. You ain't got to worry about if I'm if yo the chair my headshots. If I'm getting my auditions, if I learn, you ain't got to worry about none of that. Right, right. All you got to do is feed the calls. Right. The emails. I feel like that's that's easy. That's that's an easy job. Mm-hmm. And then where where does the publicist fit into all of this? Oh, that's marketing. That's your they, that's, they're part of that that group as well, but. Do you, how do you how do you go about evaluating who you choose to be your publicist? Man, I guess I listen. I don't know. I'm still figuring that out myself. Yeah, you, you know, had some. I, I I think it's just you know. Um, but you spoke to me once about kind of like you were at a point in your career where you felt like you didn't want to be on. Or I mean, of course, you'd take a, a huge magazine to be in the front of it, but more than more than than the public knowing who you were. You wanted the industry to know who Oh, you well, were. yeah, that was, I came in with a full, that goes back to my business plan. I had a marketing plan within that, you know. So there was a certain demographic that I'm trying to reach. And early in my career, it wasn't about being in front of, being in people or anything like that for, let's say, fans, but more or less, I was trying to market my name in front of executives, writers, directors, producers. So I didn't want to be in people. I'd rather be in the Directors Guild magazine like that's where i preferred my interviews and articles to go uh more of the i guess corporate magazines it was my focus and that was what i told my pr so that's why i didn't really you didn't really see me out much i didn't really do it do all these other things because i was keyed in on that and where most of the relationships that i have now are with writers showrunners producers and directors right right um best advice you've ever gotten about this business Ooh, you've given great. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's going. It's this and it's probably you've heard. And it's probably most the most hood. This ain't mine. This is most, probably the most hood thing I heard, and it makes all the sense. Get money with those that want to get money with you. Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> like, like that's that's your that's your best bet. <laughs> that's your best bet because that just goes across the board. Meaning that this business is more than just, oh, I go audition. No, you got to be writing. You got to be creating your own content. You got to be, you got to, you got to do all of the things. You you can't be a lazy actor no more. Mm-hmm. It ain't like no actors like, oh, I just go to work. I'm just sitting on my ass. No, you can't do that no more. Yeah. And that takes a team. That takes a village. Back to, it takes a village to be a human being. Mm-hmm. So it's about, you know, collaborating. It's about building a group of individuals that you try to go in the same direction. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. be able to be allies and also ex- and, and learn from each other's experience. Like, it's important, man. So, you just gotta find people that wanna get money with you, though. Because some people wanna get the money and they'll use you, they'll sacrifice you in order to get it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, nah, I wanna get money with this person. Right. So you'll tend to have a, a teammate that's willing to, you know, go all out. And I'm pretty sure you'll go all out for them. Fuck yeah, dog. You know what I mean? Alan, bro. Thanks for coming back on, dude. Yeah, no, nah, it's all we good. Got, we, I, I think we got one more in in us, uh, but I'm going to save that for okay, for okay. another time. Cause okay. I, yeah, I know you got some future shit that we want to talk about, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, you probably yeah. wouldn't want to divulge into. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's, all, it's all bubbling. It's all bubbling, but we almost there. My dog, bro. I I've learned a lot you. from you, bro, and and it's been amazing working for you. 
and with you these past. Man, you ain't working for me, shit, man. This been, I'm trying to make you look good on screen, nah, dog. Nah, You've seen man. the scenes, nah, dude. Nah, don't act like nah. don't act like you haven't seen my scenes, bro. I have, man. I've been trying to make you look good, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it, it's easy work, but it's oh, <laughs> that's how you do it. <laughs> Your girl, what wasn't it? Your girl said she yo, was her favorite that's character. How you gonna do me? You that's go, how we. Gonna, that's how you gonna do me? <laughs> just because somebody said that it was their favorite character, don't mean we're they're gonna favorite. Just being nice. She's being nice to you. <laughs> she was being She's being nice. nice to you, bro. She didn't have to Look say at, that, dog. She's being nice to you. She saw you was looking down. <laughs> you was in your feelings that day. She was trying to bring up your spirits and look at you just taking it literal. <laughs> You're just taking it literal. <laughs> we'll DM her and find yeah, out. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll talk to her about that later. <laughs> My bro, thank you, bro. All right, it's all good, baby. Me, I know who I am. I'm a dude, I'm a dude, disguised as another dude. What? You a dude, dude. This episode was brought to you in part by TSMA Consulting, the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. If you sign up for any of their management packages at tsmaconsulting.com, make sure to tell them Robbie sent you for an exclusive 15% off the first month. Thank me later.